Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, my senior dog friends. I am Dr. Monica Tarantino, and welcome to a new episode of the Senior Dog Revolution, where we hope to start a revolution on behalf of old dogs everywhere and help them gain the happy and healthy lives they deserve. I hope you and your senior pets are doing well. I'm ready to talk about my favorite age group of my favorite creature on the planet, senior dogs. So today, let's dive into a topic that's really near and dear to my heart, because this is a topic that nearly every senior dog will be affected by at some point in their life, and that is a topic of chronic pain. Many senior pets that I see on a daily basis actually live with chronic pain, and guess what? They look totally normal. They look exactly like you'd expect an old dog to look, but they actually live in pain. And this is pain that can be in varying degrees. It can be mild discomfort to severe pain, but it's important for us to be aware of it, even if it is mild, because often that is something that can progress right under your nose. Sometimes early intervention can help slow down the progression of a disease that may cause chronic pain. And here's the kicker about chronic pain. We miss it. We miss it in our pets all of the time. And it's not really your fault. It's so easy to miss in our pets. And that's why I want to talk to you guys about it. You, my listeners, will be ahead of the curve in your ability to recognize this phenomenon in older pets. And because of that, you'll be in a better position to make the best decision regarding your pet's health. In my show notes on my website, I've created a free PDF that lists things that cause chronic pain in pets and some signs you may see in your pet if they're suffering from chronic pain. So you can definitely head there, download that PDF and save it so you can look at it from time to time and assess your own senior dog. But let me first tell you about my own story with my senior dog, Frodo, and how I, a veterinarian and devout animal-obsessed person, missed chronic pain in my own pet. Yes, it's embarrassing, but it's true. Granted, I wasn't a vet then. So the senior pet I'm referring to is a Westie that I owned whose name was Frodo. Full name, Frodo Baggins Tarantino. Now let me tell you something about Frodo. He was the dog of my life. Some of you may think that's ridiculous, It's a soul dog, and they do exist, and Frodo was my soul dog. I had Frodo since I was 23 years old, and he was the best. He came with me everywhere because he was literally my best friend, and actually owning Frodo through his senior years is what fueled my obsession with senior dogs. He would do this thing where he would grunt communications to me, and the older he got, the gruntier he got. It was so funny. I don't know if any of you have dogs that either grunt communicate or do snort talking, which is another thing that my other senior dog does, but they're hilarious. Regardless, let's get back to that time I missed chronic pain in him, my soul dog. So Frodo was a finicky, grumpy, and grunty old man dog that slept in my bed, and even though he was old, he acted like a puppy for the most part. I frequently took him to a dog park by our house where he would leisurely peruse the perimeter of the dog park and at times find a lab who was chasing a tennis ball to bark at. After a particularly fun session for him at the dog park, we slept really well, or so I thought. The next morning, I woke up and as I'd reach over to pull him in close to me for our daily morning snuggles, he was so tense and quickly flipped up and gave a panicked yelp. My heart jumped. I thought I had somehow hurt him, but then he grunted and gently rolled over and let me pet his tummy. Over the next few days, he seemed pretty normal, but then I'd noticed something weird. Like one morning when I fed him breakfast, he kind of stared at his food dish for a second, like he wanted it, but was scared to eat it. I checked on him and he seemed okay, and then he started eating. I also recall finding him sleeping on the carpet or on the floor a few more times than usual, which was odd because he was king and he preferred the couch or the bed. 
Once or twice I'd reach to pick him up and he'd briefly duck his head away from me for a moment when usually he was excited to be pulled up into my arms. Are you okay, little bud? I'd ask him and he'd gently roll over onto his back for belly rubs, convincing me he was a-okay. I'd watch him closely over the next week and things seemed fine until one day when it was time to cuddle and watch our CW shows, he wouldn't jump on the couch to sit with me. He'd pretend like he wanted to, but he looked scared to jump. And so I picked him up and he gave a quick cry and then looked sheepish like he felt bad about it. That was it. I took him to the vet and found he had neck pain and evidence of narrow disc spaces in his back, which we found on x-ray. We treated him with strict rest and anti-inflammatories. And before you know it, he was back to his old self. No more weird behavior. But here's the kicker. Frodo had had an episode of neck pain a year prior to this, where he was so painful that he could not move without screaming. In hindsight, him acting a bit off was likely a flare-up of his chronic neck and back pain that he probably had likely had to various degrees over the year. Why I had not even thought of it was that during his initial episode of neck pain a year earlier, it was clear as day that he was hurt. He didn't want to move. I assumed that if he ever had that injury again, it would present the same way, but it most definitely did not. Now looking back, I remember there were other times between his initial episode and my second revelation where he did something that was a bit silly, and I just chalked it up to him being a dog. I would spend a lot of time kicking myself for missing something that seemed so obvious, but hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's the way chronic pain works. Just to finish my chronic pain story with Frodo, we were lucky because Frodo's neck and back disease was mild enough that surgery was not warranted for him. But from that point forward, this realization of his back and neck pain would change the way we managed him at home. No more jumping up and down on the bed. We got ramps everywhere and he was mostly carried around like a prince, harness walked only. And we augmented his exercise plan to load a moderate impact exercise, which was nice leisurely walks around the neighborhood. So now that I've given an example of how I miss chronic pain in my own pet, let's jump into this a bit more because I haven't even talked to you about the two places I see chronic pain the most in my patients. Let me first differentiate for you. There are many different types of pain that we can feel. And in my story, I highlight two kinds. There's acute or obvious and sudden pain. And for me in my story, that is the first time that Frodo had neck pain. Other examples might be a broken leg or a dog doing a sudden turn at the dog part and coming up lean with a torn ACL. And then there's chronic pain, which is usually low grade, and often it's progressive over time. And one of the classic hallmarks of chronic pain is that you can look relatively normal on the outside and still have it. If you know any people with chronic pain, they will tell you that even though it is low grade pain, often it can have quite a toll on their overall wellness. Often it is progressive or flares up in severity from time to time, which is likely what Frodo was showing me those few weeks and likely at various points over the year before that. What I did and many of my pet parents do is say, oh, well, he was running around in the backyard just fine, so he must be fine. Or he eats his hard kibble every day, so obviously he wouldn't do that if his teeth hurt him. Or he's still playing with his toys is another one that I hear. But the important takeaway is this. Chronic pain doesn't usually cause animals to act particularly painful. In addition, chronic pain is something that directly ties into their quality of life. Like I said, all senior pets will encounter chronic pain at some point in their lives. The truth is that most people who have pets with chronic pain are unaware that their pet is experiencing it. One thing I've learned from working with animals for so long is that they can be quite adept at hiding chronic pain, even when it's hurting them. Most of us are so in tune with our pets that we think we would know immediately that they are in pain. This, my senior dog lovers, is the exception. So as you listen to this podcast, I want you guys to think about your senior dogs at home and make sure no bells or whistles go off. We've established what chronic pain is. Now let's dive into why even the most astute pet parent misses it and what signs to look out for with it. So why do we miss chronic pain? For several reasons. 
first is one that I already alluded to, and that's that chronic pain exhibited by our pets is often subtle and therefore easy to miss. And I'll take you back to my story of Frodo. So when his period of chronic pain presented itself, I would say that he was about 85 to 95% normal otherwise. And everyone that's owned a pet knows one of the best things about pets is that they surprise you from time to time. They're not always predictable. And in fact, they're always coming up with something new. These guys are not static creatures. They're moving, they're adapting, they're doing subtle new things every day. So because of that, it can be really difficult to distinguish subtle signs of chronic pain from a dog just being a dog. And so the question I have from here is, why are signs so subtle? Why do our pets make it so difficult to detect chronic pain in them? One big reason is adaptation out of necessity. In the natural world, survival can depend on an animal's ability to adapt and hide pain as best as possible. Open expression of pain leads to vulnerability and weakness, which is not good for long-term survival in the natural kingdom. So dogs with chronic pain will do their best to hide and adapt to chronic pain. For dogs with a rotten tooth, this may mean chewing on teeth on one side of their mouth that is not as painful. Or for dogs with arthritis, they may not have a severe limp, just a slow gait that you notice or being slower to get up than previously. The second reason why is the many misconceptions we've been taught regarding chronic pain in pets. People have told me they don't think animals experience pain the same way we do. But in all actuality, studies indicate that animals have similar pain thresholds to people. Another misconception is that since a pet does not cry out or tell me it hurts, it doesn't hurt. But the truth is that the majority of pets with arthritis or dental pain will rarely cry out, and animals show pain differently than we do. Your dog wagging his tail doesn't mean he is not in pain. I've seen dogs in my hospital with a fractured leg still wagging their tail, or even a day after a big surgery I did on them, still wagging their tail. They show pain differently and often have no real way to communicate their pain to you. The only choice they would have had in the natural world would be to try to adapt and try to move on, and that's what they try to do. But just because they try to adapt doesn't mean we allow chronic pain to progress without intervention or helping them. One of the things that Dr. Mark Epstein, who specializes in pet pain, often discusses is just how difficult it is to find reliable and accurate measures of chronic pain in animals. And so our job as pet parents and animal lovers is to not let our biases of what human pain looks like get in the way of comprehending what pet pain looks like. Our pets do not always show pain like we do and really lack a good way of telling us that things hurt. So let's briefly talk about the two places that I see chronic pain the most in my patients. The first place I see it is via joint disease. And this can be in any joint in your dog's body, a knee, an elbow, a wrist, or a back or neck. And it can be via narrow disc spaces in their back like Frodo had, or something as simple as arthritis. Signs of arthritis can be mild or can be obvious, but can look as innocent as the signs I'm about to list off. Difficulty with stairs being slow or reluctant to use stairs, a limp, which can be persistent or just seen every now and again, some difficulty getting onto the couch or into cars as well, decreased activity, not following you around as much, slowing down on walks, soreness the day after physical activity or exertion, slowness in the morning, but warms up as days go on, some difficulty getting from lying down to standing, slipping and losing grip on the floors, one thing to think about regarding chronic arthritic pain is that pets with chronic pain due to arthritis don't just suffer from discomfort. They also have a decreased ability to do the normal activities that they like and have a decreased ability to get up and move as much as they used to. So if you see these in your pets, I suggest bringing them into the vet for us to evaluate. Often we can start something to help them with their joints as they age. 
I have arthritis management plans in place for many of my seniors that I'll adjust as they age and based on degree of chronic pain I suspect they have after talking with owners. This really seems to help them with their comfort. The next place I see chronic pain is going to be in dental disease in senior dogs. Historically, we did a pretty poor job of convincing people to do dentals. So when I was growing up, we never did a dental on my dogs. I just don't think it was talked about as much as it is now. And I also think the mindset that people had regarding a pet's role and value in our lives has changed drastically. Now many of us relate to being a fur mom or a fur dad. And I don't think that was a thing as far as I could tell 30 years ago. In the past two decades, studies have come out indicating that dental disease is not only linked to oral pain from a bad tooth, but also to the overall health status of a dog. That is huge for us to know about because just like it's important for us to keep up with our dental cleanings, it's also important to do so with our dogs. Now, the degree of dental disease a pet has can look very different between two dogs, especially based on the size of the dog and the degree of dental disease they're genetically prone to. But during my exams, I can often find rotten teeth in pets, and guess what? They hurt. Owners are always so surprised about it, but it's okay because your pet is not going to tell you. Some owners will tell me and make an assumption that since their pet is still eating hard kibble, that it's probably not that bad. But that doesn't mean that the pet is not in pain. In fact, tooth pain is one of the worst kinds of pain they can have and not tell you about. If they're still eating kibble, they're likely chewing in the few teeth in their mouth that may not hurt. So my suggestion is to check in with your veterinarian on your pet's dental health and if it's a good time to do a dental cleaning with x-rays. Again, dental disease and rotten teeth hurt our little dog buddies, and I find that keeping up with their teeth, not just with brushing, but also with dental cleanings at recommended intervals is very important to their health and happiness. Now here are some signs of dental disease in your pets. Smelly breath. They're slower to eat. They don't chew on bones as much, or when they do, you often find blood. You found a dog tooth on the carpet. They walk up to their food and stare at it for a second before eating it. They prefer soft food. You pull back their lip and see lots of red inflamed gums or brown coated teeth. Pretty gross, right? Now, there's so much more that I can discuss regarding chronic pain. For example, with regards to arthritis, I will be doing an entire podcast on this disease that can impact our senior dog's quality of life in the future. There's also another type of chronic pain with regards to terminal diseases like cancer in our senior pets, and that is something I will discuss and dedicate an entire podcast episode to. For now, I want you guys to think about the things I discussed above, and remember, in this living day and age, our pets are living longer than ever, and being vigilant as an owner of our senior pets for subtle changes in their routines are more important than ever. For those that are interested, please visit my website and check out the PDF that I made listing signs of chronic pain in senior dogs and the diseases that I often see associated with chronic pain, like cancer. You can check that out at www.seniordogdoc.com and hit subscribe to download the PDF. Lastly, if you have a moment to leave me a review, it would mean the world to me. Your reviews help me reach even more senior dog parents to hopefully help impact those past lives. Until then, I'm wishing you and your senior dog an amazing day.